Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up this week, Disney raises its ticket prices again. There were lots of announcements from the D23 Expo in Japan this past weekend. We'll tell you about what we learned. And with Valentine's Day coming up tomorrow, we're going to talk about good date night opportunities at Walt Disney World. All that coming up next. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is The Diz Unplugged. This is The Diz Unplugged, episode 976 for the week of February 13th, 2018. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, John Magi. Hi, everybody. Kevin Close. Hello, everyone. Kathy Whirling. Hi, everybody. Charles Boda. Hey, folks. And back in the production nook, our producer, Mr. Craig Williams. Hi. And associate producer, Rhino Clavin. Hello. Well, welcome to the show, everyone. Hope you're having a great week. Hope everybody's ready for Valentine's Day tomorrow. I, like, it snuck up on me. <laughs> so I was, like, scrambling to uh, send out flowers today. Um, but uh, watching the Olympics, have you been watching? Not a single bit of it. Really? We, we were away for the weekend, so we had TiVo'd a bunch of it. But it turns out I TiVo'd the wrong thing. I TiVo'd, like, the recaps of stuff. And that's not fun. No. I want to see the skating. And I I've, been watching, I've been watching a lot of it on the NBC Sports app. I should go look at that. Um, no, no. Sucks. <laughs> you, you, you think the Olympics snuck up on them. Because this app is not ready for prime time at all. Um, when you're watching a live event and it starts, like, for no reason, rewinding two minutes and repeating what you just wow. watched. And then when it catches up, you miss, like, the end of oh, something. No. And it keeps happening. So I've been... Just... I have been following Adam Rippon. Or Rippon. Rippon, yeah. Mm, I've been following him on Twitter. He was beautiful Sunday night. In his performance, I got very upset. I got very upset with the scores on. Uh, I was on, on Twitter. I was. I never do that. I never go on Twitter and start complaining about things. But I was so upset with the scores for the figure skating Sunday night. I kind of lost see it. it. So I just. I've been paying attention to him. Now it's been. It's been. I love the Winter Olympics. Love the Winter Olympics. But um, I, I do a couple things in housekeeping. Uh, number one, going to put a call out again for contributors uh, for, uh, to the Diz. If you'd like to. Uh, write some articles for us. Uh, we're paying, I think it's $25 if we publish your article. In particular, right now, we are looking for more opinion pieces, stuff on Disney Cruise Line, and dining reviews. So if you have some opinions you want to get out, um, some experience on Disney Cruise Line you want to share, or some restaurant experiences at Walt Disney World you'd like to share, just go to disunplug.com, check out the show notes. There will be a link in today's show notes page for uh, on how you can sign up to become a contributor. And while you're in on disunplug.com, you can check out the rest of our shows that we produce every week, the Dream Show, this, this show, uh, Best and Worst of Walt Disney World, the Disney Dining Show, the Universal Show, um, all of that up on disunplugged.com. Um, what else do we have for housekeeping? 
I'm just going to make another plug for uh, summer backstage magic. We're almost sold out. We are. We're we ha- literally have a handful of seats left. Literally, one hand. Um, if you're interested, I still have room for a couple more people. Kevin at Dreams Unlimited Travel. The pricing is $31.09 per person based on double occupancy. This seems to have caused some confusion. That's not for two people. That's for one. Two people would be $62.18. Single people are $43.49. Don't hold me to that. I don't have the figures in front of me. And kids, we don't have any kids right now, but they're less. Um, <laughs> July 29th through August 3rd. Backstage Magic. It's just our group, so you'll be traveling with other Dizzers. And I'm not exaggerating when I tell you I only have a few places. 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 That's spaces and places all hooked up. And just so people understand what you experience on this trip, these are things you can't do without doing this trip. You get to go to Imagineering, and you get to see stuff in Imagineering that a lot of other Backstage Magic trips don't see. Right. Uh, we get to go have uh, either breakfast or lunch, depending on the schedule, on the Walt Disney Studio lot. Get to go to the archives on the studio lot. Get to walk around the lot, the studio lot that Walt Disney built. The nice thing is, because we do so many of these, and because we are return guests frequently, they have done things for us, specifically for us. Um, we get to, we get to. I don't want to give things no, we away give because away. you you might you you won't get to see the same things. That group got to say, but they did something. And when I stood there and looked absolutely amazed and I said, how did you know? And they said, well, we asked you last year. So the things that I told them the year before, they provided. Bring tissues. Mm. Bring tissues. Um, Backstage at uh, Disneyland. A lot of VIP experiences at Disneyland, not the least of which is getting to go up to Walt Disney's apartment um, over Main Street. It's an awesome trip. It's an awesome trip. I've done it, God, what, 10 times. It never gets old. Pete and Rhino are going so far. I don't know how that's going to change. I don't know who's going to be added on top of that, but we're, that's a baseline. That's where we're starting. So a handful of spaces. I know there's a bunch of emails out there from people who said they were interested. Your time is running out. I'm done. That was my housekeeping. All right. Anything else? Anything else for housekeeping? All right. A lot of news. A lot of news, a lot of numbers today. A lot of numbers. We're going to try and keep it in perspective. Um, and because, as somebody pointed out on Twitter, cue the annual uh, scolding from Pete Werner on ticket prices. Um, <laughs> well, no, haven't you changed the tune of kind of like, well... Well, no, it's, yeah, no, it's, you know, he's talking about, yeah, what I'm going to say. So, okay. go ahead. Walt Disney World raises prices on tickets and annual passes. Oh, what a shock. Really? <laughs> as of February 11th, Walt Disney World is raising the price of both park tickets and annual passes. Okay. Bear with me on the numbers, guys. A single-day ticket to the Magic Kingdom has increased on value days from $107 to $109. And I'm just going to pause for a moment before you go on. Um, I think it was last year or the year before, Disney started yielding ticket prices in much the same way they yield hotel rates based on when they think more people are going to be there. So on days that they think... It's going to be slower. That's called their value time. So the price is one thing. During you know normal days, there's a, a rate for that. And then during peak times, there's a rate for that. And the, the, the mentality behind it, or at least what Disney says the mentality behind it was, is that they are trying to actually discourage too many people from going during peak times because one of the big complaints they get, that it's too crowded, 
And this was one way that they thought they could address that. I don't know how if I believe that. But so when we talk about value time and regular and peak, that's what we're talking about. I just wanted to make sure that was clear as we go through this. And you can find all this information on the site on uh, www.info.com. You'll, you'll see all the dates out there. But um, value days went from 107 to 109 dollars. Regular days from 115 to 119, and peak days from 124 to 129. Along the lines of what Pete was talking about as far as times of year that are more, they've also decided that there should be different pricing for other theme parks for a single-day ticket. So single-day tickets to Epcot, Disney's Hollywood Studios, and Disney's Animal Kingdom have increased on value days from $99 to 102 Regular days, 107 to 114 Peak 119 to 122. Uh, I think going forward, I'm just going to concentrate on the peak ones. Yeah. Because I think in the grand scheme of things, when you want to visit, it's going to be peak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. just, just put it that if way. If your luck is any indication. Sam <laughs> post But I think that, you know, peak time is going to be summer. It's going to be Christmas. Christmas. It's going to be holidays. It's going to be Spring when break. kids are out. Of I don't school. know that summer is. I I, I I I didn't look at the at the at the dates for yeah I didn't either but this is we can have look this at our discussion page. too we have it out there. but summer you know I was reading some stuff on the boards yesterday and prepping for the show today that summer isn't as busy as it used to be but last year and this year we're finding actual uh, availability at Walt Disney World is better in the summer. And, and, and I'm not going to give anything away, but next week we're going to have a much larger discussion about crowds and things like that. Um, so I don't want to get too much into it now. But uh, next week we, we have hopefully something planned a little different to talk about but uh, where, where crowds are concerned. but This is very good of Disney. They've simplified an already ex- <laughs> crazy, <laughs> complicated, complicated ticket. Well, I mean, because when they went to when they went to the whole you know, magic your way pricing type deal. We were, we were saying, okay, you need a PhD right. to figure out the tickets. And then they like, let's break that up into more subgroups. And now part different parks are different prices. So now you really need a flow chart <laughs> and a laser pointer. <laughs> now there's park hopping and there's the park hopper plus. It's like ticket. a thesis. Yeah. So there's other uh, single day admission. There's park hoppers. I think most of the folks who probably are watching our show and go, or go to Walt Disney World want to do a multi-day ticket. Mm-hmm. I think so. That's where we'll focus. Uh, two-day ticket has increased from one hundred and ninety-nine dollars to two. No, from two hundred and eighty-nine dollars to three hundred and five dollars for two days. That's during peak time. A four-day ticket is um, now three hundred and eighty dollars. And a five-day ticket is now $395. You want to add park hopping, of course, it goes up. You want to add the plus option, it goes up. And then the other big increase has been annual passes. If you want to use the water fountains, it goes up. Exactly. <laughs> um, a new silver pass is now $439. A gold pass is $589. A platinum pass is $849. There's also Florida resident passes out there as well. They have all gone up. The Disney Platinum Plus, wait, um, the Disney Premier Passport, this is the one that gets you access to Walt Disney World and Disneyland, is now $1,579. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something. It's still worth it. Yeah. If, if, you, if you do both coasts like I do, that pass is absolutely worth it. No we question come up about with it. A, we should come up with a calculation. 
if you're going to be here a certain amount of number of days. Well, just, you know, also where the annual pass is concerned, but particularly the premier pass, um, the discounts, especially the ones you get at Disneyland, because pretty much any time you show that, you're getting 20% off on merchandise, food, everything. Um, I'm telling you, just spend a week in Disneyland with a premier pass, and you've paid for at least some of that pass, not to mention what you get out here. Um, I still find them to be a good deal, but I know some will disagree, but for me, I think it's a good deal. I read somewhere that they said the average annual pass holder <clears throat> excuse me, only goes to the park 10 times with their annual pass. And then I think of people like me that go 100 times Well, a I year. think what you have is a lot of people that buy annual passes because maybe they're coming down for two weeks or they're coming twice right. a year, right. and it makes more sense for them to buy the annual pass. Oh, yeah. But for lo- for locals... I would say that's probably accurate. I mean, when you think about it... You're only in the park 10 times a year? It's about once a month. And think about how... You're in the park once a month. I'm not in the parks once okay. a month. But like my wife, I would say she has an annual pass, and I would say she probably goes... We get her into a park at least once a month. You allow and her out of the house. <laughs> I, I, well, she sneaks out sometimes, but no, it's just you have a life. I mean, people think that the idea is you move to Florida and you go to Disney all the time because you live close. That's not the reality. If you have our job, yeah, it is, but our job just doesn't exist or if for you're everyone. Retired, we know yeah. some folks are retired and go yeah. more often. Going back to that 10 day mark, that's actually the point at which we believe. An annual pass makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to go to the park more than 10 days on a visit, then you should consider an annual pass because in addition, there's annual pass holder discounts. I was just going to say, I think like a lot that. of people buy annual passes, especially families. One person will buy an annual pass because then you're a- eligible for annual pass holder discounts. Plus, I found that the uh, annual pass discounts on hotel rooms, I, I tell people all the time, don't don't dismiss that. Because sometimes, first of all, I'm finding them a lot more often than I used to. Uh, the last year, year and a half, uh, they came in very handy doing the seven and sevens we just did. Um, and they were significant. In some cases, we're talking about value and moderate resorts. And I was, talk- I was looking on some of them at a difference of maybe $20, $30, $40 a night. So it's not insignificant. But then again, doing it in January right. um, does, does factor into it. But... Uh, so annual passes, I don't want to spend too much time talking about it because it only applies to a certain... certain. Uh... I just want to add, too, that um, one way you could save on your park uh, passes is you visit the official ticket center. They're an official sponsor of the Diz, and they still have the old pricing available. This is due to a contract they have with Disney. Mm-hmm. So until February 21st, a week from tomorrow... They can still sell at the old ticket pricing. As long as they have stock. stock. So official ticket center is not like, you know, roadside hope for the best. They're not selling like, you know, repurposed tickets or anything. We've been doing business with them. Oh, my Lord. Since the beginning. Since like 99. Um, So they're totally legit. And uh, as they, you know, they have a, a, a contract with Disney to buy these tickets in bulk. They're allowed to sell them up to a certain point as long as they still have stock left. So they still have stock left of the tickets before the price increase. So uh, we'll have a, we'll make sure we have a link on the show notes page, Craig, to the official ticket center. Um, 
that you can find out all those. So if you're thinking about getting tickets, that's going to be your best bet right now. Or yeah, actually, if you just go to the tickets page on WW Info, there's links all there to it as well for it's each ticket. literally on our homepage right now, right at the top. Oh, is it? In a big red banner. Get okay. your tickets. So right. okay. can't miss it. And finally, along these same lines, um, parking and other transportation has also increased, but I think that's Kathy's rapid fire. Mm-hmm. So I'll let her be the bearer of bad news there. <laughs> I'm done bumming people. Out. So, heard the bad news bear. Yeah. So it, it is. Um, uh, it is a requirement of my contract that uh, every time we have a discussion about price increase, I say the same thing. Um, the belly aching that goes on, and the chest pounding that goes on on the boards is it has dominated the discussion boards for the last couple of days. Although I'm happy to say that I'm seeing more and more people saying what I'm saying. Which is, if you're going to pay it anyway, shut up. Shut up. Stop complaining about it. I had to come to that place a few years back where I would you know, come on the show and I would rant and rave about price increases and Disney, Disney, Disney. Um, and then I'm like, you know, as I'm going to renew my annual pass, I'm like, well, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to pay it anyway, shut up. So, but I, I had a rant and I'm going to touch on it here. I'm not going to rant about ticket prices. I am going to rant about what happened yesterday at Caribbean Beach. Um, Everybody knows Caribbean Beach is under construction. That's putting it lightly. I was going to (laughs) say. It's it's pretty much a construction site that happens to have a few hotel rooms on it. Um, And I had felt all along that it might have been smarter for them to shut that resort down to expedite everything they have to do. It was bad enough that the food court is, you know, is intense, basically, tents and trucks. Mm-hmm. Um, God knows those rooms were in desperate need of rehab. Um, horrible condition some of those rooms were in. But yesterday, if you were a guest at Caribbean Beach last night, between the hours of 11 p.m. and 6 a.m., you did not have hot water. I want, just, I want, wrap your head around that for a second. A Walt Disney World Resort allowing guests to stay in a place that is under construction and they cut off the hot water. I don't care that it's just for eight hours. Should never, ever happen. Ever. And if it does, everyone should be given their money back. Every single one of those people should get that night free. Every single one of them. They should be ashamed of themselves. That is what they should be ashamed of. I'm not going to fault them on the price increase. They're going to keep raising prices as long as people keep paying it. And, you know, what, five, six, seven, eight years ago, we heard, oh, that's it. They've gone too far and nobody's going to go and the crowds keep going. Then what do we complain about? The parks are crowded. Why? Because people are paying it. This is different. This is different. Now, they did slightly lower the price on an average night at Caribbean Beach. But when I was looking at the, you know, we were pricing things out for the seven and seven. Last week in January, I couldn't see a room there for less than 200 bucks a night. $200 a night at a resort that's under construction. And if you were staying there last night, you didn't have hot water. That's insane to me. Kathy, you love this resort. So I'm going to ask you, why didn't they close it? I don't know. That, that, when we stayed for one of our fams, we stayed at the beach club. And overnight, we didn't have electricity. And when we went down to the desk... That's because I didn't pay for it. (laughs) (laughs) But but they just said, like, tough cookies. Um, I personally have not 
put any of my clients in Caribbean Beach just because I don't want any of them to come back and say they didn't have a good time because that resort is under construction. As much as I love it, yes, they should have closed it for what are you supposed to do for water? You know, if you want hot water at 12 o'clock at night because you paid for a room that had hot water. And it's it's just that example that we keep going back to of they really don't care about the guest experience as much as they used to, at least in certain areas, that here we have a resort. First of all, shame on you for not updating those rooms when they were supposed to be updated like a thousand years ago. Um, I don't know who the hell keeps calling me. It's probably Disney saying, stop talking about Caribbean Beach. Um, so that, you know, then when it's time to do all these rehabs and build a gondola system, you have the entire resort pretty much under rehab. Why not close it down? I don't think we can emphasize that enough. We're not exaggerating when we tell you. It's a construction site right, right. now. It is. With... A couple of Three rooms buildings, maybe? <laughs> with a couple of buildings now, on the construction site. By contrast, by contrast, we were over at Coronado Springs. It's one of the resorts we're covering as part of the 7 and 7. And there's a lot of construction going on there. They're building a tower. They're building a 14-story new tower uh, over at Coronado Springs that, you know, based on what I saw in the preview center, it looks like it's going to be absolutely amazing. Um, they're building... Uh, uh, you know, a restaurant and bar in the middle of that lagoon. I have to swim to it. No, I'm kidding. Um, they're building walkways. It's going to be a lot easier to get around. Zipline. It's called um, Stay Out of the Damn Lakes. Stay out of yeah. <laughs> walk, walk on water. Um, yet, I, I, it, that construction was so non-offensive. It didn't feel like I was in a resort under construction. Even though there was a lot going on, they d- did it really well. So if they could have done that with Caribbean Beach, right. that'd be fine. Um, the thing also with the hot water, it was only a couple days before it was going to happen. So, you know, you weren't told a month in advance and you could have booked somewhere you know, else, right. gone somewhere else or done something. I don't know. I haven't heard from anybody who stayed there, but... When you checked in, did they go, oh, by the way, you're not going to have hot water that night. And what did they do about it? You know, I'd be interested to hear if you were one of the people staying at Caribbean Beach last night. I want to know what did Disney do for you? If it was anything other than this night's on us, you got ripped off. If you have a chance, if you haven't done so already, you have to go and watch the Dreams Unlimited Travel Show where Tracy stayed at the Caribbean Beach under construction. It's very funny because it happens to Tracy. So the fact that she got tortured... Just delights me to no end. But I don't even was, go over there anymore, and I used to awful. go, you know, every ten days or so. It just looks like a war zone. With you know, they're building the new hotel up in the front. You go visit the hotel every ten days. I did before I went to Caribbean Beach. That's like my. That's our happy place. Yeah, yeah, and we'd go over. And, and what have, would you do? Have dinner, walk around oh, okay. the lake. You know, I see you like just wandered around the hotel. No, there's not really. That's not one you don't want. Just through. Caribbean Beach homeless. <laughs> I do that at Wilderness Lodge. Streetmosphere. You know. <laughs> you need a hobby. <laughs> All right. Um, major announcements coming out of D23 in Japan. All right. Big, big announcements from D23. One I was hoping for they didn't do, but go ahead. At this year's D23 Expo in Japan, Bob Chapik, chairman of Walt Disney Parks and Resorts, made some major announcements about uh, 
what Disney fans can expect from future theme park projects. First and foremost, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railroad will open in 2019 at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Have a quick little sentence about it. The first ever ride-through attraction theme to Mickey Mouse will feature a new original story and lovable theme song as it takes guests on a journey inside the wacky and unpredictable world of Disney Channel's Emmy Award-winning Mickey Mouse cartoon shorts. There'll be new technologies that transform the two-dimensional cartoon world into an incredible multi-dimensional experience. It's described as being 2.5D with no glasses required. 2.5D. Now, here's the deal. Now, this is the attraction, for those folks who don't know, this is the attraction replacing Great Movie Ride at Hollywood Studios. This sounds like the same technology that they're using in Mystic Manor. In Mystic Manor, in Hong Kong Disneyland... And that's that's their version of Haunted Mansion. Right, that replaces their Haunted Mansion. It is so sharp and so vivid, it looks like 3D without glasses. And I have vision issues. And I thought it was awesome. I could see everything. I'm hoping it's the same technology because it sounds incredible. Yeah, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, it's just so funny. So many people were belly aching when Great Movie Ride went away. Um, I'm looking forward to this. Me too. I'm not usually, I'm I'm not even going to say anything about Star Wars. I understand. I'm excited about this. This to me sounds like old Disney. It sounds to me like what I loved about Mm -hmm. the Disney parks. So I'm excited about it. I, uh, let me just say, I think Hollywood Studios, when it's done, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Um, was over there last week to do uh, Mama Melrose's. Um, and, you know, I'm really excited for this to, you know, to happen. Um, again, it's half a theme park at best right now. But, and again, I think they should have really adjusted those prices that yeah. it's now crossed the $100 for a day mark is really. But they have hot water. <laughs> yeah, true. Well. Not all day. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited about this. I think this sounds like fun. What about you guys back there? Do you think it'd be fun? I don't have any real thoughts on it. I'm well excited. Well said, Craig. It's a good thing you're a part of a Disney no, podcast. I'm, I'm excited. It's. I mean, the big thing that was out of it is just that it's, um, it's going to open in 2019 for sure now. Other than that, they still it's still been very vague on it. They showed us a little bit more of the actual, like, the ride at D23. And it got me excited. And then since then, it's been all like concept art. I'm just, I'm at that point where I want to see, I want to see more. And I want to, I want to start to see the ride vehicles, stuff like that. Then my excitement's going to start amping back up because 2019 is still a long way away. Yeah. I'm kind of just indifferent. Like I'm not unexcited, but I'm not excited. I, I'm, I don't want to be disappointed, essentially. So, I'm well, just, that's the Xanax. You know, well, yeah. That's part of what I think some people have been saying lately. I, I don't want to get my expectations up for this too much because, in my opinion, I don't think it's going to be an e ticket attraction. I think it's going to be a C or a D level. And it's going to, I don't want the same thing to happen that happened with Navi River Journey, where you get like super pumped that. You're getting this this ride in Pandora that's supposed to be incredibly beautiful, and it is the first time you go on it. And then after that, it's like, okay, it's just a bunch of glowing crap hanging on the walls, and then one amazing animatronic, and that's about it. Oh, come on. Yeah, I think that's grossly unfair. Um, Look, I agree that Navi River Journey is not the do-all, end-all of Disney attractions. That is next door to it. Um, which also was something that was very hyped up that we were all very excited about. And it not only lived up to expectations, yeah. in my opinion, it far exceeded them. Um, but 
I think that's no. It's it's it is a serious thing though with Disney. Every you think every single thing that comes out anymore because of the way they hype it is that it's going to be e-ticket. It's going to be the pinnacle. It's brand new. It has to be. Oh, there's and no that's way, not the case. And there's there's no way for this attraction to be that in 2019 when it is going to open alongside exactly. Galaxy's Edge. Okay, Star Wars Land is opening at the same time. Exactly. Or in, in the same time period. So I, I you know... But yeah, but there's no, two different... <clears throat> I, I'm a different audience than you guys. Right. Yeah. And, but none, with that being said... The fact that it will be a technology that we haven't seen in these parks, assuming that it is what was u- what it was used in Phantom Manor in Hong Kong, be a technology we haven't seen in these parks, um, and that in and of itself can make it something special. Um, and the fact that it is, you know, hard to believe, but the first Mickey Mouse themed yeah. ride through attraction at at a Disney park. And for some people, it's Disney. Well, that's... I, it, 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 I apologize. I didn't mean to step on your what you said. No, you But I think I'm excited about the fact that it's the Disney that I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am not a superhero fan. I am not a Star Wars fan. This has been discussed ad nauseum. This is exciting to me because it's the Disney thing that I love. Mm-hmm. And there's not enough of that as, as far as... The last time I was this excited about a ride, believe it or not, was Magic, Because that, to me, seemed like the Disney that I knew and loved. So uh, there's been other things since, and I think they're wonderful. But that level of excitement is about this. And I'm not looking for it to be the be-all and end-all of all Disney rides. Um, I just think it's another option for people who love that sort of classic yeah. Disney attraction. And we need, we need more of that in the parks. Everything doesn't have to be the next big thing. Yeah. We just need, doesn't have it to also doesn't have to be store-bought, yeah. Yeah. in exactly. my opinion. Good point. Good I also point. like the fact, too, that this feels like it. It's for everybody. Yes. It feels like exactly. it's a Disney ride that kids can enjoy. Maybe some folks who can't ride a roller coaster can enjoy. Which was kind of Walt's concept for everything. Right. <laughs> Charles, you were going to say something. Um, actually, uh, those guys pretty much just covered it. But it, if I'm getting excited about an attraction, it doesn't have to be, is this going to show me an entire new world and blow my mind? Is this? Does it look like fun? And it looks like fun. I mean, I agree. <clears throat> from what I've seen of it, it looks like fun. It is. It's another thing to do, and it it's unique too because it's animation bent. You know, it's one of those things where, yeah, is it technically intellectual property? Yes, but it's original Disney intellectual property, and it seems. You know, I'm not Mister Family Friendly Ride kind of guy, but everything I've seen, there's not a single thing that makes me think, oh, I'd hate that. Um, and is it better than the Great Movie, or will it be better than the Great Movie Ride? Almost definitely. So, you know, my litmus test for whether I'm excited is, yes, it looks like fun. Now, before we talk about the Star Wars Hotel, I want to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. Why don't you okay. do that one next? Epcot's Guardians of the Galaxy attraction will open in 2021. The attraction, which will be where Universe of Energy was once located, will feature, quote, a brand new innovative ride, innovative ride system that will have one of the longest enclosed roller coasters in the world. Uh, it was clearly noted at D23 that this will be a, <clears throat> excuse me that this will be a family attraction and it will fit the theme of Epcot. And that is why I wanted to skip to this one next um, because that is the reaction, so much of the reaction uh, from the initial announcement, but especially from this announcement is what the hell is this doing in Epcot? And I'm going to go back to you too for your, your input on that. Why is this attraction in Epcot? I 
the first thing I'm still thinking of is what exactly is the theme of Epcot anymore? Because mm. it's, I mean, it's just lost. It, it, I could be the beginning of like their next phase of theming of it. Then we don't understand that yet. So because maybe I I don't think they do. Yeah, exactly. It's very esoteric. Well, it's (laughs) sorry, we don't really. Oh, thank you. Well, but it's it's true though that you know what Epcot was supposed to be was a modern day permanent World's Fair type of uh, you know theme park, and so if you take a look at what opened up with the park in terms of like you know the original journey into imagination uh, living with the land li- uh, living with the land horizons, uh, horizons um you know and of course world showcase which has remained largely unchanged i mean they've made improvements and things like that to it but even there you know putting we just had a big thing on this in the best and worst of Walt disney world that we recorded yesterday um you know putting frozen in and now they're talking about mary poppins over in uk or brave uh, now Guardians of the Galaxy going in. We're talking about uh, Inside Out possibly replacing. Didn't we talk about um, Ratatouille coming also? Wasn't Ratatouille coming to France. Um, the infusion of of all this IP, this intellectual property of Disney's going into this. And how does that fit in? And I think Craig's point is well taken that I don't think Epcot knows what it wants to be when it grows up. And as a result, you know, I think... You know, it would be one thing if all these announcements kind of pointed us toward there's a new vision for Epcot. But I think what happened was it was really successful in a lot of ways. When it opened, people were intrigued by the idea, but it never truly caught on. There are lots of things people love about Epcot. There are lots of individual attractions that they that they love. But it started to become dated. It started to become old. It started to become, you know, like... This is where you drag children to learn. Um, and so they had to raise the excitement level in order to start drawing drawing crowds back to it. But this is the same thing that happened when they decided that Tomorrowland and the Magic Kingdom was dated. When, the, when these parks were built, there was a much more look to the future. Well, our future has changed so drastically that it seems no one knows where it's going but to that go. That was a change, but that, that still had... A, a vision of what right, Tomorrowland should back be. To, they went back to retro Tomorrowland. They went back to Jules Verne my, in the 1800s. My interpretation of this will fit into Epcot means the facade will fit into Epcot. Mm. Meaning that you're not going to show up and it's not going to be, you know, the Tower of Terror lit up and it's not going to look out of place in Epcot. I don't believe that what they're saying is this particular ride meets but some it, sort but of did, overall but it, vision. Did this trend begin to change, though? Did this trend begin to change when World of Motion became Test Track when or Horizons Soren. went to uh, Mission Space. Did that? I mean, can we go back that far and say that they already started doing this long before they announced Guardians of the Galaxy or Ratatouille? Well, I do. One thing I want to point out, though, is because even though energy, you know, that could technically still that that theme, conservation, how looking forward to the future. I think Guardians could still uh, take that in a way. Um, because you know the ideals behind uh, test track are are going on before with, um, oh my gosh, why can't I think of the original attraction right now? It's just out of my head. 
I thought it was always the universe of energy. No, no, world of motion. Thank you, Kathy. You know that started with guardians. No, that started with the transportation, and even though it has lost its way with test track, kind of the ideal is still there. Same thing. Horizons was very much about looking towards the potential to the future, and space travel is still the future for us. So there's still that. I, not all of it's perfect. We also have rock and roller coaster sitting next to an old decrepit hotel. So things don't always work out wonderfully, but with guardians, I think there still is a potential to but keep does, some of it in there. But do the rides and attractions at Epcot have to be sort of this, everything has to fit into this socially conscious thing. Can it just be technology? I, well, I can think it, just it absolutely can. It can be, but yeah. I think you have to make that, you have to make that clear in your branding. Because um, right now, I don't know what Epcot is. I know I love Epcot. I love Epcot. I love going to Epcot. I will take any opportunity I can to head over there, whether it's to eat, hang out. You know, we had an amazing party there for our 20th anniversary uh, in the last June. Um, I absolutely adore Epcot. Don't get me wrong. I'm not hating on Epcot. But I'm getting side-eye from his whirling. What, what do you think? I was just going to say, Katie and I went to um, Hollywood Studios on Saturday, and we had this discussion that with everything that's going into studios, and you could say the same thing for Epcot. There, you know, I'm a. I came to Disney late, but I liked what what Walt Disney created and and like his vision for the parks and the rides. And it seems like we're getting away from that. And I, I get that, you know, the generations are growing up and doing different things. But what are the parks going to be like in 25 years? Kevin's been going to the, the parks for how many years? In 20 years, is there going to be something in the park that you go, oh, that was Walt's idea or we're following Walt's philosophy? It seems like they're going, they've got yes, this, this thing at Hollywood Studios. This to me sounds like the Mickey's. Getaway car, um, <laughs> whatever it was called. That to me sounds like getaway car. Walt's idea, right? That right. it's that you know exactly. grandparents can take their grandkids. But I think the argument can be made. If I'm just going to play devil's advocate, okay. if Walt were still alive today, would those still be his ideas? If Walt was living in true, two th- you know, first of all, if Walt was alive today, wow. Um, but if he was alive today, would those still be his ideas? Would he not be saying? No, we need to change these things. What did Marty Sklar say when everybody lost their minds out in Disneyland when they were going to start adding IP to Small World? Because I was one of those people that was losing their minds until he said, this is not a museum. Right. Oh. This is always, what was Walt's vision. It would always change and adapt to the times. And I think sometimes we get too caught up in, in purism that, you know, the purity of Walt's vision and how that can never be strayed away from. But Walt's vision really was about adapting. Adapting to the times. So, and I'm okay with that, but I still don't know what does adapting to the times really mean in Epcot? Is there is there a purpose to why this? Why does Epcot have to have a theme? Well, see, I think the theme is for innovation. Wait, wait, why does it have to have a because theme? Because that's everything Disney has ever done has been, there's but, been, well, it's all there's about been an adapting. Over, but there's been an overarching, right, but adapting within a certain um, uh, parameters. Uh, parameters, exactly. So, so I guess then I have a question. If everybody's understanding that it's all about adapting, maybe this means you don't have to have a theme. Well, can I make the case for? Can I make I, the case? I, that argument can be made. Can I make the case for the edutainment aspect of it um, and the insp- no. inspirational aspect? I, I'm going to. Um, this is this is happening. So, 
Um, when I was growing up, you know, as a kid, going to Epcot was the park that you uh, were allowed to get field trips supervised for because there was that bent to it. And growing up, I remember that the most... Um, uh, the stuff that really stuck with me are things like Spaceship Earth, things that talked about, you know, the, um, uh, the, the progress of humankind and then space travel. And the thing is, like, that, and uh, maybe Disney doesn't care about this, I have no idea whether it ever did, but that stuck with me and that has stuck with other people who got into science and technology industries, uh, oceanic, uh, oceanic industries. Um, there are plenty of ways that, like, that has an impact on people. And what I'd like to see, not what I will see, I will see more intellectual property, but what I would like to see is intellectual property used to be fun for people, but that can somehow inspire people to look towards the future, to get involved in like science industries or, or, histor or history industries, or think about world cultures. And I know it's overly sentimental, but that impact is not lost on kids when they go to those parks. In fact, as an adult, the first time I went back, to Epcot was at a chaperone for a bunch of kids who were on a field trip. Um, and that school, a couple of years later, cut off trips to Epcot because they could no longer justify hmm. sending them there. And that's was, happening more and more. When I first started going to Epcot in Spaceship Earth, the big thing was that someday a mother who was on a business trip in Japan was going to be able to put her kid to bed via picture phone. Mm. We're there. Well, now I can do that from my car. Yeah. yeah. You know, I can do that with this. Mm -hmm. um, and as much as I would like to continue this conversation, I do have to move things along. Can I just say one sentence? Sure. If Walt Disney, You're was, done. No, if Walt Disney was alive today, like you said, don't you think he'd still want to invent? I mean, he had a very creative mind. Don't you think he'd still be wanting to put something that he created into the parks? This is what I want to say really, really quick about this, though. Sorry. I... Um, I, I got I'm you guys sound, going I'm with gonna this. I'm going to sound really, really bad. This is going to sound really mean, but Walt Disney is dead. And I don't mean that. And I wish that his ideals were still as ever-present as they were when he was with us and alive. Disneyland, it, the park, is a shrine to the man that was in the dream that he had. He was never here. And we have a what we have, we had the outline of a sketch and a dream that he had for what could be here. Epcot is nothing what he wanted, like what he wanted. So when people are talking about, I don't even think he ever would have fathomed like Hollywood Studios or Animal Kingdom, maybe, but it's not, Disney is not Walt Disney anymore. That is a different human being. Like that, Disney is a corporate giant that wants to make money because they are still trying to, they retroactively fit things into his vision to try and play it off that way. I'm not saying that all decisions are made this way, but there is a boardroom full of men and women that I, I'm assuming women, I'm sorry, um, that are making these decisions that will then go, well, how can we kind of make it look like we kind of had his like twist those words. So it, it, it's just becoming more and more of a shadow and a, a ghost of a memory, sadly. You and know? one last point on it, too. We say it on Connecting with Walt all the time. We say this all the time on Connecting with Walt. Uh, you know, there's been so many Imagineers out there who said that even though they knew Walt Disney personally, no one ever knew what he was thinking. So we can never speculate about what Walt would want because no one truly knew what he would do. All that we know is what you kind of just alluded to. Pete said it earlier. 
he was a visionary. He pushed the boundaries, whether it was in animation or then with themed industries and beyond. He always tried to push forward. So that's all we know, and that's all we will ever know. We can all right. never and assume that's, anything else. That is a great segue into this next about pushing uh, pushing boundaries and innovating. <laughs> all right. Star uh, Wars Hotel and Galaxy's Edge News. The Star Wars... Oh, stop. This is very exciting. Stop. The Star Wars-themed hotel will be seamlessly connected to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in Disney's Hollywood Studios. Which we were saying. And yeah, since day I told one, you. Babe, See, they said this, said and I was like, day I one. told you. Right? We've been talking about it for a long time. Guests will be able to experience their Star Wars story the second they enter the hotel. Every room in the hotel will have a viewing window directly into space. All resort, resort guests will be, quote, active citizens of the galaxy and are encouraged to dress the part. The innovative resort experiences will lead, will lead directly into Galaxy's Edge in Hollywood Studios. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, coming to both Walt Disney World Resort and Disneyland Resort, will feature the Millennium Falcon, and will also have a fleet of life-size X-Wing fighters. I'll be at the Waldorf. Where <laughs> um, I can look at and see this. I get, I get Star Wars is not original Disney IP. I get the whole thing. I think this is something genius. That I think fits into the lexicon of the whole theming of Disney parks and resorts and hotels. This is the next step. This is beyond the next step. Yeah. Um, what they're talking about doing here has never really been done before. Um, that, and I'm I'm going to say this: scheduled to open 2021. I think the hotel. They still haven't given a date. Yeah. But I'm going to guess yeah. in time for the 50th. By 2025, we will see this concept, this story concept, total immersion in a story, in a hotel, in a lot of other places, not just Disney. I think Universal is going to be next. They're going to have to be because I think this is... And I think you're going to see a lot more resorts developed like this at Disney World that are complete immersive storylines. Universal's coming out with their iDrive themed hotels. <laughs> <laughs> Those are going to be really special. So, I, you know, whether, you, whether or not you're a Star Wars fan, if you think, A, that this is not going to be a massive success, and what does Disney do when they have something that's a success? They replicate it a lot. So maybe Star Wars isn't your thing. But if you are able to be immersed in a different storyline around a different intellectual property. Like the Funny Girl Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Funny Girl Hotel. I, I think but it's going to be a huge success. But I also there's so think, many more of them than there are of me. But... I'm saying that, yes, so Star Wars isn't your thing, but if another aspect of the Disney universe became the next idea behind a fully immersive themed hotel. Yes, but I can't imagine anything that would get me to dress up as any cartoon I have Look, I have absolutely zero intention. Dressing I'll be a citizen of the galaxy towing my Louis Vuitton behind me. <laughs> I'm not dressing as anything. I but, guess that's the but, thing. But, but, I still want to have this experience. Ah, look, I'm probably not going to play along with their whole storyline thing. Oh my God, I don't that. care. I want I want to see the rooms. I want to see I, I, I want to see the restaurants. I want to be Oh you know what? I do that. too. I want to see it. 
I just don't want to do it. But see, that's the that's the part I'm looking forward to the most. I love that they're telling they're encouraging people because says the guy who dresses like a Power Ranger. Yes, that's when people think of dressing up like Star Wars, they think of a stormtrooper or a Jedi, like a robe or these big classic outfits. But like, look look, at it's just jeans and a t-shirt. Unless I'm unless I'm uh, picked to uh, be the be the lead. If unless I'm picked to be the lead in the Karl Lagerfeld story, I'm not wearing a cape. No, but they, but like, okay. oh, I think oh, we have to crowdsource this. <laughs> we need to crowdsource this. Oh, please I'm not let this be a thing. There are too many capes in the Star Wars universe. I'm not wearing one, but I am very, very excited to see. <laughs> I knew that. Was, I knew you'd like the Carl Lagerfeld reference. Um. Stop. <laughs> Googling, please, 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 Google, please because ha- three quarters of the audience just went who? Google them, um, the hat and the fan, the really high and the glasses and the glasses. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I am very, very excited about this hotel. I will not dress the part. I will. Not, I. I don't do role play. Um, but I absolutely cannot wait to see this well, hotel. I what about I, the What about the story aspect, though? Because, like, you know, I'm a, I don't know how many people are going to buy or make new clothes for it. But oh, you know, there's going to the, be a bunch the, of them. The immersive, <laughs> there are people selling already. There, there are a lot of rhinos and me's in the world. That's that's got a big market. But the thing is, for for normal folks, the the storyline, the immersive aspect. Oh, what did you do on your resort vacation? Kind of thing. Oh, we uncovered an imperial spy in our midst. Kind of thing. Like storyline that are going to go through the resort and then carry through into Galaxy's Edge. I'm sure there's going to be a little bit extra than just dress up and pretend you're on a spaceship. So they uncover a, a spy. So Uncle Bob gets uh, gets executed on, <laughs> on vacation. Oh, you're the spy. Well, well with the storyline, I'm assu- they keep saying storyline. I'm assuming there is a storyline, as in a story. It's not just, hey, you're on a spaceship, but... You're in a spaceship, and that is what this is what's happening. Well, in the again, galaxy I right want to see how this yeah. is all implemented because it is so far outside anything that has really been done before. I want to see how they're going to implement it. And they have to do it in the smart way because if it ends up being a whole bunch of people who just want to go and say they stayed in a Star Wars hotel, didn't want to play with the story. If it's the cosplay Waldorf, yeah, they're going to have a problem. If Well, if it's just people showing up and they're like, I don't want to dress up. I don't want to do anything. I just want to stay in the Star Wars hotel. It's not going to be what Disney wants it to be. And they're going to cut the storylines. And I... I would worry about that because that's what's going to set this apart from just your average hotel. I went to see a play in the 80s. It was held at the 7th Regiment Armory in New York City. And when you walked in, you became a character in a play. You were invited to a dinner party. And you walked all over this huge place, which was set up like a palazzo in Italy. And you became a character in the play. And then at the end, two people, because you went wherever you wanted, you followed characters, two people who saw the same play had a very, very different experience. Mm-hmm. So this is not new. Exactly. This has been done before. Well, But you, I didn't get to stay in Not in a hotel. <laughs> okay. But okay. it's, it's a, um, immersion and is not a new thing. Not No, of course immersion isn't a new thing. But in terms of doing a hotel like this, it's one thing when you're going to see performance art. It's another thing when this is the place where you're going to vacation and it's part of this larger destination and you're being immersed in this storyline that is going to f- f- 
uh, flow right into this new area, uh, Galaxy's Edge at Hollywood Studios. So. Yeah, and it's it's a choice on both people. Like the people who are staying there have to choose to immerse themselves, but then also. Disney's going to have to hire the best cast members to keep this up mm-hmm. because yeah, you can't use college program for yes, this. Exactly. You Thank can't. You. You're, it's a really good point. You cannot use college program. Okay. You're going to have to have full time people who are into this. Yes. Okay. You're going to have to have Star Wars fans who are into this because they act- are going to have to play. They are going to have to play the role for a full shift. Yeah. And if and if they don't, it won't work. No, it won't work. It won't work. All right, that we've got to move on. Right. I got a lot more out of the news than I thought I was going to get. That's it for the news. All right, let's go ahead and move on to rapid fire. John, we'll start with you. All right, American Adventure attraction Epcot to receive updates and new American icons. Um, Imagineers are currently working on installing a new screen, new speakers, and converting uh, the American Adventure attraction from film to an all-digital projected projection system. Notable faces from America's recent history are being added to the finale, such as composer John Williams, astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson, and noted ballerina Misty Copeland. Uh, And finally, the iconic anthem Golden Dream has been re-recorded with a new orchestration that makes it... Done by Beyonce. Really? (laughs) And Rihanna. That's now lemonade. Are we still going to have hot dogs and hamburgers in our American restaurant? Yeah, probably. Probably. Failure. Um... This is good. It's always good news when they revamp something and they update it and they make it look better. All right. So there. Thank you, John. Kevin. I don't know how to do this other than to read it, so I'm just going to read it. Adventures by Disney announces New Japan Vacation for 2019. Uh, New Japan is coming in 2019. The trip will offer immersive cultural experiences such as visiting temples in Kyoto, learning sword techniques with Master Samurai, exploring the bustling city of Tokyo, and more. The adventure... By Disney Japan Vacation will open for booking later this spring. I'm going to um, decipher that for you. That's May. It's going to happen in May. It's not happening before May. Okay. Um, that sounded angry, and it's not angry. But <laughs> later this spring, uh, yes, yeah, so, someone's been getting emails. Yes, <laughs> May. <laughs> I also point out too. There's nothing in the information we have if they're going to go to Tokyo Disneyland. There's nothing. There's nothing. And I have weaseled my way through everybody I could talk to. Right. There's no information out there, and it's not happening until May. However, I'm, I'm sure Disney will make something where there at least could be an add-on to the. I'm sure. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't doubt it. And uh, if you're wondering about pricing, I would just use China, the China trip as a yeah. general guide for what Asia trips cost. Um, and I'm thinking it's going to be in that it's range. It's going to be pricey. It's going to be expensive um, like that. They don't even tell you how long it's going to be. It's also going to be very, very popular. Oh, well, every new trip is. I mean, but I think it's pretty. But, you know, even, um, you know, the river cruises, they were very popular on their, their inaugural, inaugural run, but they've remained uh, pretty uh, pretty popular throughout. So I've talked to enough people. ABD puts out surveys all the time. Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? And without a doubt, Japan is always the number one destination. So I think it is going to be very popular. Exciting. And I think it's going to sell very well. I don't think it's going to be cheap. I can't tell you how long it is. I can't tell you pricing. I can tell you it's coming in May. Um, if you send me an email, I'm going to tell you. Did you listen? Um, so there. Okay. Thank you, Kevin. Kathy. Okay. We were talking about price increases. She's got a Clark Kent glasses on. Yes, I do. So and I can see out of them. And look, my print's small. Aww. So I've shamed her into wearing glasses. <laughs> so the minivan pricing has gone up. It's now $25 instead of 20 And we have a 
page on our website because it doesn't go to all the resorts just yet. But if you check our page on WDW Info, you can see which resorts you can take a minivan from. And then parking at the theme parks, of course, went up. Regular parking increased from $20 to $22. And preferred parking increased from $40 to $45. If you're an annual pass holder, you just pay the additional $25. And if you're a resort guest, parking is free at the theme park. So just be, be prepared to pay more money. All right. Thank you, Kathy. You're Charles. Welcome. All right. The Speedway gas station outside the Magic Kingdom closed for refurbishment yesterday. Uh, it's the gas station outside the uh, Ticket and Transportation Center exit um, just outside the Magic Kingdom. Um, 1000 Car Care Lane, in case anybody has that address. Uh, it'll be closed for an extended refurbishment. And the reason is because they're... Uh, uh, I guess they're adding in stuff to serve hot paninis, pizzas, breakfast sandwiches, and much more. Uh, guests will have the convenience of six kiosks to order food. The Speedway gas station will also be adding indoor and outdoor seating for guests to enjoy said food. Um, Disney's encouraging guests to use the Speedway stations near Disney's Boardwalk Inn Resort and Disney Springs in the meantime. Any, anybody want to put money on the... On, uh the quick service at the Speedway gas station is going to be better than some of the quick service inside the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> um, all right. Well, th thank you, Charles. We go to Speedway for lunch every once in a while. Not that one, but... Is it Speedway? That's not what it is. Racetrack. Racetrack. How, how romantic. The racetrack on 535. Is that where you're going for Valentine's Day? from the outlets has the best empanadas in Orlando. I'm just saying. Greg. Okay. Uh, right now, uh, through March 16th, you can see a sneak preview of the upcoming film, A Wrinkle in Time, at uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios inside the Walt Disney Presents, so in the One Man's Dream Theater. And yeah, the movie opens March 9th, so a lot of people starting to get excited for it. Is Oprah going to be there at the preview center? I yes, personally yeah, greeting man. everyone. Awesome. She just absolutely down. should be. I mean, I just read the book, and the book was pretty entertaining for a uh, you know young young adults YA, literature right? but uh I, i'm very interested to see how it translates into a movie okay but yeah thank you craig rhino um so there is a new tour being offered um for a limited time as part of the 20th uh anniversary celebration for animal kingdom it is called a path less traveled um it'll be taking place from april 1st through may 5th of this year um it looks like uh, the tour promises a backstage experience of the vet hospital and the animal nutrition center, a uh, nest check on a purple Martin birdhouse that guests will perform themselves as part of Disney's conservative project, a view of some of the park's largest in, uh, inhabitants during Caring for Giants, and a VIP viewing of Rivers of Light to finish out the day. Uh, the tours can be booked for $59 a person plus tax, and um, yeah, that's it. It doesn't. Right. It doesn't sound riveting to me. But no, if you're into that animal, if oh, you're into if you're animals an animal and stuff person, like that, I think yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah. awesome. It's yeah. a different that place and seeing where they feed them. And I if mean, you've done, if you've done Animal Kingdom a lot, and it's not your first trip, and you want to see a different side of it, it might be yeah. cool. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Rhino. All right. Um, before we go, um, I thought since it is the day before Valentine's Day, we would talk about some good ideas for date nights. At Disney World. And this doesn't have to be on Valentine's Day. This can be whenever you happen to be visiting Walt Disney World. A lot of times uh, going to get a little more challenging now that they just announced they're closing a lot of the child care centers. Mm -hmm. uh, the one at the Poly, the one at Animal Kingdom Lodge, uh, or the one at Wilt, or, um, 
There were three of them that were closing. Yeah. Um, the one on the bo- the boardwalk. Did you say that one? Sorry. Yeah, the boardwalk yeah. is closing. Uh, uh, I know the uh, one at Polly is closed or is closing, and there was another one. Um, so if you have kids, getting date night's going to be a little more challenging. Um, Sleep in the room. There is actually a service that they offer. I just mm-hmm. found out about this. Uh, one of the the, uh, the couple that I met um, like two weeks ago was telling me that you can book a nanny. Oh, yeah. A babysitter, like a, yeah. Three, yeah. They have the babysitter yeah. service. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I go back to my original thought when we started this. Lockers. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> um, so we thought t- discussing some things to do on date night. And I, I you know told Craig and Rhino about it and Charles before everybody got here and then these guys got Kathy, John and Kevin had it sprung on them at the last minute. I was struggling to come up with a discussion topic today. Um, I, it turns out I didn't need to because we got a lot of miles out of the, uh, out of the news stories but I thought this was relevant for today. So uh, I'm going to start out with the most romantic person I can ever think of, Mr. Craig Williams. <laughs> well, this was an easy question because we essentially, uh, if you're a Patreon subscriber at a certain tier, we essentially answered this question in a special Q&A a little while ago. So if you're not a Patreon subscriber, then uh, you're getting it now, for free. You're getting this one for free. You're getting the taste for free, but well, you know what well, kind Tyler's of stuff. Well, Tyler's was in that one. Just so answer yeah. the question. Yeah, really. So my answer to this is, I honestly think the best way to just have a nice romantic night is go go into anything Disney just without expectations. Whether you're just walking around the park, if you're with the person that you want to be there with, whether it's your significant other, uh, wife, whatever, you know how it all works. Just go without any plans. I'm, I'm trying to think of words. It's not coming out. I don't. I don't. Every time I plan something. When even one percent of it starts to go wrong, I'm that type of person that's like, okay, it's ruined. Everything's everything's over. It's not good anymore. So when Kevin's you don't, a lucky girl. When you don't have, <laughs> we get into some fun adventures because of it. Without having plans, you just see where the night takes you, and that's my idea. Don't don't go in with high expectations. You're only going to be disappointed. Wow, always a pessimist. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, you are you are just hearts and roses, aren't you? Um, what about you, Rhino? What's a what's a romantic uh, a romantic night for you and Eli at Disney World? Uh, see, I would I would do um, I would make a list of some of like my favorite snacks. I wouldn't do like full meal or anything like that. Because um, and I would like to do you know the like whatever. I'm all about videos and pictures and stuff like that. So. I would go on rides like People Mover, like maybe Dumbo, um, you know, like the rides that you probably normally wouldn't go on on a regular day, ones that keep you close together and stuff like that. And um, I'd make like a fun little video out of out of it all at the end or something like that. But, um, you know, take plenty of pictures, maybe stop at some photo pass places out of the way and just kind of have like a you and you night, you know, I don't, a you and your partner or whoever night and, you know... Um, I, it's low key for me. It would be all low key. I like to keep it light, keep it tight. Yeah, it's on a- Valentine's Day, you know, and like, so like, like I said, like get those cute snacks that you don't normally get. You know, share some like, like a, um, like one of those uh, Mickey Rice Krispie ears. You know, take a picture of the two of you on either ear. I don't know. It's stuff like that, like cheesy, super like. I'd be like the Disney thirty second advertisement commercial that's like, look what you can do on Valentine's Day, and I'd be that guy who's like <laughs> sobbing, but everyone else is like, this is so cheesy. And I'd just be like dry heaving in a corner. I, I don't know. Dry heaving in a corner. <laughs> yeah. Again, sounds like a Valentine's Day for me. A lot, a lot of romance in the, in the nook. 
Um, you know, for me, uh, it, it, there were different levels of it. You know, I, I, you know, I've done dates where uh, we go and have dinner at Disney Springs, have an early dinner at Disney Springs, go see a movie over at the AMC theaters, and then head over. Uh, this is like, I have to do this every time I see a movie at Disney Springs, over to Sprinkles for Captain Crunch ice cream. Um, it's kind of a nice, low-key, easy Easy Gotta date, of sugar. course. You can you can you know up your game. I I think probably one of the ro- most romantic places to go on Disney property is uh, California Grill. Uh, time it for the fireworks. It's an incredible experience. Um, I've I've done that. Um, but I was also thinking like you know if you wanted to do the theme park thing. Um, kind of do, you know, we, we were talking a few weeks ago, not on the show, I don't think, but just in general about the concept of a progressive meal. Um, you don't have to wait for food and wine or any of the other things to walk around Epcot and grab little, little things around world showcase and, and end the night at, uh, at illuminations. Um, even that I think could be, could be really romantic. Steve Porter had a good idea because he was one to come up with this idea. I'm going to say, Said to him, all right, so what, what do you do? And he says, a ride or two in the people mover, head over to the bar at the Grand, and then watch the fireworks from the beach at the Poly. Um, so I think that's really, you know, some, something different. What, yep. about, what about you, Trish? But Steve starts every day with a ride or two on the people mover. Like, and was, a couple drinks at the Steve, Grand. Steve, I was work. Oh, before <laughs> breakfast, I had a ride or two with the people mover. Um, uh, for me, I'd actually I'd written a, an article a few months back uh, talking about first dates at Disney, and I think a lot of that translates. One of the things I mentioned was the progressive meal kind of thing, especially festivals at Epcot. But the thing is, Disney takes care of just about everything for you. You've got automatic atmosphere anywhere you choose to to spend it. So a lot of it is just about you know caring about the other person you're with. Um, focus on them. Pay attention to them. Disney will still be there tomorrow after Valentine's Day is here. You're not here for the fireworks. Have fireworks there, but it's just going to help you remember the time that you spent with the person that you love and care about. And there are plenty of ways to do that. Um, there are a few couples things, and I think we have a section on the site that has date ideas. Um, and I noticed when I was in Riverside, you know, there are little things like um, over in Riverside, they had carriage rides, you know, which you, uh, I think you have to do in advance th- uh, for Disney or for valentine's day anyway there are walk-ups on regular days but there are all these little things that you can do but it's be spontaneous and care about the person you're with and you're not going to have a bad time disney takes care of all of the atmosphere for you so see now when charles said what i said eloquently you know one's complaining and the the funny funny thing is crazy charles charles said something (laughs) charles expressed a sentiment that i don't ever hear from you Think about the other person. <laughs> what do well, now, they like? And try and build your night around that. My and, favorite thing is that Craig and I are the most in this room, the most likely to be referred to as dead inside. <laughs> um, and yet we are we are on the same page uh, when it comes to this. Except it's about Charles love. Didn't it's not say about when love. 1% goes wrong, scrap the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. No, with plans. If you don't have plans, it just just enjoy your time together. Spontaneity. Just Thank you. He gets me. Feel, feel the vibe. That's what they're doing. For All right. So, John, what about you? <laughs> well, because we could do Disney anytime we want, I think of other things, other places to go. So if you're saying at Disney, there are other opportunities. You really want a special meal, two places nearby, Bull and Bear and the Waldorf. We cannot say enough good things about the Bull and Bear. 
And most recently, we have discovered a restaurant that you talked about in the past, which is La Luce in the Hilton. Over at the Hilton. Um, I don't know why we haven't been there before. We find this to be a really fantastic restaurant. We've made up for it recently. We have. We've been there a lot. Um, Great atmosphere. Um, They have an outside patio, which is really nice. And the restaurant, the hotel in general is a very nice sort of place to hang out. So I think more about getting away from Disney for romance and doing something special. Because I think Disney's always there, especially if you're on vacation. Kathy? Well, I've sort of been out of the romance business for quite a few years, but I had an experience about five or six years ago that um, a Dizzer invited me to um, Victoria and Albert's and um, to get dressed up, because I'm pretty sure none of you have ever seen me in a dress. Um, I think I have. Okay, maybe once. But to to be greeted by Richard at the the door over at the Grand Floridian, and we went in and... to me, Victoria and Alberts was like, when you thought of something, your waitress was like right there. And that, to me, would be very romantic. It's like they've taken all the, the planning away. It's like they're there to make your evening the best it can be. And when I walked out, the orchestra at the Grand was playing, and they were playing It's a Wonderful Life. And to me, that was like, oh. But I, I would think a lot of people would like to, you know, Disney's usually about just wearing your park clothes and to get dressed up you know mm. you know that might be something a little bit different that you don't normally do you know it's funny you mentioned that when walter and i first met my ex uh, when we first met um i want to say i happened you know i was looking uh, he had a special occasion coming up uh, an, an anniversary coming up that i wanted to do something nice and i just happened into we were we, i don't even think we were dating three weeks just happened into chef's table at Victorian Alberts. And that was what? 17 years ago. Still remember that as one of the most romantic nights of my life. It was incredible what they did, especially at the chef's table Um, was unbelievable. I don't know how I managed to get it um, uh, so quickly. But I just, you know, just got lucky with it. So yeah, I, I agree. V and A, I think, is a is a great is a great uh, is, is a great option for that. What's the most romantic hotel on property? Wait, Kevin didn't get a chance to go. Oh, I thought he was speaking for the couple. Oh no, no, <laughs> Kevin's going to talk about oh. going on star tours, <laughs> holding hands. All right. So what what about for you, Kevin? Are we talking about Valentine's Day or any night? Just. And it, it, a romantic just, evening. Romantic I would, evening. I, my idea of romance would be able to get away from everybody else. My idea is not to go to a restaurant on Valentine's Day because I don't want to fight the crowd. I would rather take, somebody talked about it earlier, the road less traveled. Kathy talked about wandering around Fort Wilderness. Something like that where walking out to the geyser at Wilderness Lodge, go someplace where the crowd isn't. Mm-hmm. I would... Um, Go to the, uh, if you're in the park, go to the attractions that you wouldn't normally go to. Go to the top of uh, Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. Um, There's a bed up there. <laughs> <laughs> that's, where, that's where you're going to have your dry heaves. That's where I, I just think <laughs> if I wanted to spend romantic time, it would be quiet. It wouldn't be... Mm-hmm. In a crowd right. of other people. I think that's what I meant too about going to those other restaurants, getting right. away from Disney. It will even, you know, you can do that. Just go someplace, find, go get a Mickey bar and go find a quiet space. It used to be that walkway between Tomorrowland and um, 
fantasy land. Mm-hmm. Go find someplace quiet. My idea of romance would be to be with John, and it wouldn't be to be Aww. in a crowd of people. It'd be in our living room. <laughs> <laughs> we would have Chinese takeout. I just think um, getting away from the, the masses is romantic. All right. Well, then I'll ask you the question I was just getting ready to ask. Most romantic hotel on Disney property? Wilderness Lodge. Wilderness Lodge. John? Mm. Grand Floridian. Grand Floridian. Kathy? Wilderness Lodge. Mm. Charles, what do you think? I, I have only... You know what? I'm going with French Quarter because that's the only hotel and property I've spent the night with my girlfriend. So <laughs> French Quarter is hands down 100% the most romantic <laughs> resort on Disney property. Good, good an answer as any. Uh, for me, my idea of romance would be Wilderness Lodge, but Kylie, she loves animals, so hers would be Animal Kingdom Lodge. So okay. I'd have to sacrifice. Fort Wilderness. I like the idea of the cabin. I like the idea of like what Kathy was talking about, the walks and like you can go down to the beach, sit on the beach and see the see the stuff going on there. And I'm stunned. I'm the only one that's going to say the Polynesian. I think the Polynesian by far is the most romantic resort really? at Walt Disney. I, I can see that though. I mean, the beach, the view of the fireworks over the over the lake, just the whole atmosphere, that whole everything. About the I think I picked the Wilderness Lodge because if you go out back by the lake out there, it doesn't look like you're in Florida. Yeah. There's no palm trees. And it doesn't not very look many people either. Right. It just doesn't look like Florida. So to me, it's stepping. But I live here, so it's stepping out of that Floridian thing. So I'd love to hear some uh, some feedback from you guys. Uh, what what are romantic things you do? Uh, at Walt Disney World, making sure to keep it PG. Uh, podcast at disunplugged.com is where you can send that. And with that, that will do it for our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. And we'll be back with you again next Tuesday with another edition of the Dis Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Have a great week. Disunplugged.